The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. MLB clubs. 2 2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Go! Tony Bellinger hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. How is everybody doing today here on A's Cast? We got a great show for you leading up to the Athletics and the Birds. First time that the A's have seen the St. Louis Cardinals in a long, long time. What was it, 2016 was the last time these two franchises hooked up? That's the great thing about interleague play. I, I am not like a lot of the baseball dinosaurs. I like interleague play. I like the fact that all these National League cities are getting to see the likes of Matt Chapman for the first time. So I have nothing wrong with interleague play. Jason Isringhausen, former closer for your Oakland Athletics, is going to join us coming up here at 3.30. He obviously also played for the St. Louis Cardinals. And Derek Gould, who covers the St. Louis Cardinals for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, will be here at 3.30. 345 but we're at the midway point this is game number 81 really game number 82 because we haven't finished that last game in Detroit that four game set but whatever it's game number 81 and found this fascinating article about what's going on in baseball through the halfway point that I that I wanted to go through and there's a lot of like Interesting just nuggets of information about where baseball is 2019 at the halfway point. We'll start with Christian Yelich, who he, Bellinger, and Trout are just off the charts this year. And Christian Yelich is on pace for 60 home runs. He will be the first guy that we will look at as a non-steroid guy, PED user, to hit 60 home runs since Roger Maris did it in 1961. Because the other guys who have hit 60, Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. Christian Yelich could be the first guy to get to 60 since Roger Maris in 1961. The Minnesota Twins, they have hit 147 home runs this year. They're on pace for 309 at the halfway point. The single-season record was last year set by the New York Yankees at 267. I am going to officially tell you, I don't think home runs are bad. And I'm going to bring up basketball here in a little bit to prove that point. But I've never heard anybody say, I'm not standing or cheering when my team hits a home run. Entering Monday... 22 players had at least 19 home runs. Think about that. That's a pace of 40 or more. If 22 players get to 40, that would break the single season record of 17. 22 to 17. By the way, that 17 was back in 1996. 
Only three players last year hit over 40. Remember, Chris Davis, he led all of baseball at 48. Only three last year, we potentially could have 22. Pete Alonzo is going for the rookie record. He's already shattered the record so far for the Mets as he passed Earl Strawberry. 27 home runs. The rookie record is Aaron Judge at 52. The National League record is 39. I have a feeling old Pete Alonzo will have over 30 by the All-Star break. So if they're hitting a lot of home runs, that means you're giving up a lot of home runs. The Baltimore Orioles are on pace to give up 324 home runs. An average of 36 home runs for each of the nine spots in the lineup. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. So that means one through nine. Get it? Against the Orioles, the guy who leads off hits 36. The guy hits second, 36. I mean, down all the way down to the number nine slot. That is absolutely hilarious. We're on pace for more than 1,000 home runs from last season, 500 more than the record set in 2017. But remember, for the get-off-my-lawn crowd who's not thrilled right now, people in 2013 and 14 were worried that people couldn't hit anymore and that we weren't hitting home runs. Things go in cycles. Now, here's where I'm going to compare it to the NBA. Because the NBA has changed. I used to say on my talk show that if you went, if you went a time, time machine and you went back to the early days of the NBA, and even when you went through a glory time where you had the big man, where you had, you had Wilt Chamberlain and you had Bill Russell, you had all these great big men, and then here came Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and then Bill Walton. If you would have gone back in a time machine, like like Commander Cody and I get in a time machine, and we go back then and we go, hey, guys, guess what? In 2018, 19, around, the game's going to completely change. You guys are going to be almost obsolete. And the game is going to be run by little guys or going to be by big guys who are seven-footers, but they don't play under the basket. They play away from the basket. And they're going to have this line that's going to go around from baseline. It's going to go from one baseline around to the top of the key, around to another baseline. And it's going to be called a three-point line. And that's going to be the most important shot in the game. It's not going to be thrown into the big man anymore. They would have told you, you're insane. That'll never happen. Well, the number of three-point shot attempts have increased by more than 50% in just six seasons from 20 per game in 2013 to 32 per game this past season. You don't like the home run? The home run's a three-point shot. They embrace it in basketball. How about this number? Teams that made more three-pointers in this year's playoffs in a game were 51-27. and But here's the kicker. Runs are not up. You would think with all these home runs that we'd be talking about historic runs scored. Right now, at the halfway point, we're averaging 4.78 per game. In 2007, it was 4.80. So we're below that high of 2007, the last time we saw it as a spike. So it's not like the home runs are up, but 
you got more strikeouts. You got fewer balls being put in play, fewer singles, fewer stolen bases, fewer movement on the bases. So home runs are up. The other stuff's not. So that's why the runs per game is not out of hand. I found that to be very interesting at the halfway point. How about bullpens? Ugh. Last couple of years, I've been giving you this. The bullpens are eating up more innings than ever before. That is becoming a bad thing because there's a lot of bad bullpens. The Nationals, their bullpen right now, 6.29 ERA. Orioles, 6.34. No modern-day bullpen has ever finished with an ERA above six. You got two. Relievers right now at the halfway point, we're grouping them all together. Relievers have a 4.50 ERA, while starters have a 4.44, which would be the first time since 1969 relievers have a worse ERA than starters. Do we need to really start rethinking this whole everything's about your bullpen? Are we stretching the bullpens too thin? 1969. We talk, oh, you got to build up your bullpen. Oh, yeah. well, maybe we need to start rethinking that a little bit. How about modern-day hitters against fastballs that are 95 or more? We are seeing the modern-day player be able to barrel up fastballs that are fastballs that years ago, my my God, if you threw over 95, we looked at you like, oh, Nolan Ryan, right? You think these guys who could throw over 95 miles an hour. Well, now these hitters are seeing it all the time. So this isn't this isn't like, oh my God, I gotta really gear up for this guy. They've now trained themselves. For instance, against fastballs that are ninety-five or more, two thousand twelve. Would you say two thousand twelve was that long ago? It's not that long ago. That was the great run of the, for the Oakland Athletics. We all remember that year. It was a special year. We look at that year like it was a championship year, and you lost in the first round of the Tigers. But the year was phenomenal, so I don't think it was that long ago. So baseball hitters hit only 233 with an OPS of 663 against fastballs that are 95 or more. Fast forward to 2019. These guys are seeing it more. They've been seeing it in the minors. Well, some start seeing it in college, start seeing it in the minors. You adapt. Adapt or die. How fast can you get that up? Commander Cody. Oh, is it fast? Is it fast enough? You're leaking oil. Can you do it? You don't put a team together with a computer, Billy. <laughs> okay, so. In two thousand have to die. 2012, fastball's 95 or more. Guys hit 233 with a 6.63 OPS. 2019, it's up to 248 and a 742 OPS. Wow. That 
is a crazy change when you think about velocity. Velocity has always been king. If you were a guy that had, you know, great velocity, oh, they had, you were getting drafted high, you were the guy. We're now starting to see pitchers throw more sliders than ever before because everybody is barreling up fastballs. Highest average exit velocity versus fastballs this season. Gary Sanchez is number one at 97.3. Nelson Cruz, number two at 96 miles an hour. Josh Bell, number three at 95.8. Number four, Matt Chapman. You you throw him a fastball, he barrels you up, and it's coming back out of the box at 95.7. Chappie can hit a fastball. Strong, quick bat. We're at the halfway point. We still need to talk about certain teams that dominate, certain teams the last 10 years where they finished after they were the leader in the clubhouse at the halfway point. Dodgers domination. The American League is actually actually really bad. And you know what? Defense still matters a lot. We'll get to all of that as we're at the halfway point right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com premium today. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's the chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. 
Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Jason Isringhausen is going to join us coming up here at 3.30. I'll never forget when he got traded to the A's. It was a Saturday night. And a young Billy Bean came on my program that night to break down the trade. I was on KMBR at the time, way back in the day. All righty, the Los Angeles Dodgers began the week at 54-25, and 25, on pace for 111 wins. What's so impressive about that? Well, the National League, only the Marlins and the Giants are on pace for 90 losses. So actually, the National League is, I guess you could say, pretty balanced or more balanced than it has been. So for them to dominate the league like that, pretty good. Compared to the American League, the American League stinks. The NL leads interleague play as of today, 76-57. to 57. And right now, there are four teams. It should be five, and I will explain. But there's four teams on pace right now to lose 100 games. Orioles. Orioles on pace to lose 117 games. Royals on pace for 105. Tigers, 105. Blue Jays, 102. Mariners right now are not on that pace, and the only reason why is because they started out 13-2. and two. But that's going to really start to correct itself in the second half. How about teams that have the best record after the first 79 games of the year? You'd think, wow, these guys should dominate. Last 10 seasons, best record after 79 games, only the 2016 and 2017 Cubs and Astros went on to win the World Series. Everybody else lost in the playoffs, including the 49-30 and 30 2014 A's would lose to the Royals in the wild card game. Hyunjin Ryu for the Dodgers is off to an incredible start. 9-1 with a 1.27 ERA. He's only walked six guys this year in 99 innings. That's why they're comparing him. It's like a Maddox year. And he's only given up seven home runs. He has given up just one home run over his past 10 starts, a span of 71 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed just two runs. Wait, he is he is allowed. Oh, he's allowed more than just two runs once all season. That's it. That's it. That's how dominant he has been. Got to give the Yankees some credit. The Yankees, if you think of all the injuries they had through their first seventy-seven games, John Carlos Stanton missed seventy. Andujar, 65. Gregorius, 64. 
Judge 54, Hicks 47. That's 300 missed games or about two full seasons worth of games missed. And those guys combined for 146 home runs a year ago. That's impressive. Does defense still matter? Well, of course it does. Now, strikeouts per game are up 8.71 per game, but that still means that teams have to get anywhere between 18 and 19 outs that are not strikeouts, and you got to do it with your defense. The top five teams and defensive runs saved at the halfway point. Dodgers, Astros, Diamondbacks, Twins, Rays. If we ended it all today, four out of the five would be in the postseason. And you never know with the D-backs. And the D-backs lost players, obviously, but they've kind of still held their own at 40 and 40 on the year. How about free agents? Oh, everybody wants to go out and spend money. You got to go out and get that guy. He's the face of the franchise. He's going to change your franchise. Well, let's look at some of the free agents that signed in the offseason. Oh, number one was Bryce Harper, $330 million. Philadelphia right now, five and a, five and a half games back, 40 and 38. Gabe Kapler, their manager, people are worried that he's going to get fired. Right now, Bryce Harper, 35th among National League position players in Fangraph's war. He hasn't been great. Manny Machado, $300 million with the Padres. Just 21st among NL position players, Fangraph Wars. Corbin, $140 million, 6-5. Evaldi has been injured, just four starts. McCutcheon now out for the season, torn ACL. Yusei Kikuchi, Mariners, 4-5 with a 5.11 ERA. You know, Zach Britton has held his own with the Bronx Bombers, 2-1, 2.51. J.A. Happ, 7-4, but a 5.23 ERA. Michael Brantley would be the one on the list that you go, you know what? He has done very, very well in his time with the Houston Astros. 332, an OPS, that's 4-9-8-49 OPS. That was some quick San Jose State math for you right there. Uh, 11 bombs, 43 RBIs. He's been fantastic for them. So there's just these trends that have been going on at the halfway point that we wanted to go over. How about your Oakland A's? So your Oakland A's have hit 121 home runs this year, which is on pace to break the Athletics record of 243 set in 1996. That doesn't surprise me. Home runs are up, whatever. This is the one that gets me. The pitching staff, which I don't think anybody is going to come out and say that the pitching staff is one of the great A's pitching staffs who have ever. You think of the great run of 71 through 75. You think of Billy Ball. You think of late 80s, early 90s. You know, you think of Hudson Molderzito. You know, there's been eras of A's pitching that's been pretty darn dominant. Quite a few guys have won Cy Young's, if not MVPs, pitching for the green and gold. But this staff, at 628 strikeouts, 
is on pace to break the Athletics record of most Ks in a season set back in 2014, 1,244. This staff, there's no Vita Blue, no Dave Stewart, none of the greats, no X not on here. (laughs) It's just unbelievable. But you know what? Let's have fun with it. Let's have fun with it. And we're at that point where the A's usually start going on a run here. And hopefully that's going to happen. As the A's come into tonight, 41 and 38, while the Cardinals are 40 and 37. Both teams very similar. They're looking for a little bit of a breakout here. Really sad note about Jordan Hicks out for the rest of the season. UCL in his right elbow, which means Tommy John surgery. The 22-year-old who throws anywhere from 100 to 103 has converted converted 14 of 15 saves this year, and he's responsible for all 21 of the fastest pitches in MLB this season. They debated today on the MLB Network about some guys who get Tommy John. Well, Jason Isringhausen is going to join us next. He had multiple Tommy John surgeries. But usually after your first, not usually, but some guys after their first one, they come back throwing harder. Does that mean he could possibly come back throwing like 106? 107. I'm not going to have time today, and it really upsets me. The more stuff comes out of New York, well, really out of Philadelphia with the New York Mets, oh, my God. They've got some deep-rooted issues. Mickey Calloway, Brody Van Wagenen, it is an absolute dump. We may overplay dumpster fire. This is a dumpster fire. And now is now we know the root of the problem. The New York Post came out today talking about how Van Wagenen, a rookie GM, according to a source, when they were taking on the D-backs earlier this year down in Arizona, called the clubhouse and said, get Jacob DeGrom out of the game, which then Mickey Calloway did. GMs telling what managers to do in-game. By the way, MLB rules stipulate that players and coaches cannot use cell phones anywhere during the game. This is something going to have to ask David Forst about later this week. This is a big no-no. And really the whole dust-up is coming from the front office has told Mickey Calloway he cannot use Edwin Diaz other than the ninth inning. And recently the writers were on Calloway like, hey, why can't you bring him in the eighth? That was a good situation. Can he get four outs? Why didn't he come in the eighth? He could get four outs. Why doesn't he come in the eighth, get those high-leverage outs there and have someone else pitch the ninth? And Calloway had to sit there and take the bullets. And when he came into the clubhouse after being grilled, that's when Tim Healy saw him, the reporter from Newsday, and said, see you tomorrow. That's all he said. But Callaway was at his breaking point because everybody's grilling these guys because the front office is telling them what to do. They have to step in front of the media and take the bullets, and he was at his breaking point. 
and that's what ended up happening in the clubhouse. And why are there sources coming out right now in New York? The source says, talking about front office, telling people what to do actually in-game as the game is going on, quote, hell yeah, it's unusual. Sending word to the dugout telling the manager what to do, I have never heard of that before. How much is this going on in the game? It's not a good look for the game, I can tell you that. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a guy who played for the A's, and he played for the Cardinals. He had a terrific career despite the injuries. We'll talk to Jason Isringhausen next right here on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shy Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today. Now back to A's Cast Live, broadcasting from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. 
thought it was very interesting. KD is not in the lineup. I've been sent the Bob Melvin interview with the media. I haven't been able to listen to it yet. I'm one to say he needs to be in there. So we'll see what Bob has to say. Jason Isringhausen is going to join us in just a moment. I believe he's he's either gone into the Cardinal Hall of Fame or he's going into the Cardinal Hall of Fame later this year with Scott Rowland. we got to ask him about that. And then also, you know, really it was his time with the A's when he left the Mets, he really got it going. And that's what really propelled his career from the A's onto the St. Louis Cardinals. And all of a sudden he stayed healthy, made some all-star teams. Now it says here he is already in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. So I'm wondering if they have already had the ceremonies. But that's Wikipedia. He could have been already been named. They haven't had the ceremony yet. Pretty cool. I've already been texted by Ken Korak. And Ken Korak has talked about how the new Bush Stadium is really, really cool and all all the history. Do we have Jason? Jason, thank you for coming on A's Cast Live. How are you? Did you just hang up on him? <laughs> we're using millennial technology these days. It's a, it's a whole different world that we're in. A whole different world. When you're on things like Google Hangouts. So we'll call Jason back. Yeah, and I think about, you know, talk about somebody who, who was one of the guys that really started to go through injuries early on in his career with the New York Mets as him and Pulsiver and Wilson, and they were supposed to be they were supposed to be the big three. They were nicknamed Generation K. Not one of them could stay healthy. That's why, you know, what you had with the big three back in the day, Hudson, Mulder, and Zito, that they did stay healthy for the most part while they were A's. And you, you did have that chance. But those guys never got the chance, these big arms, to be these just unbelievable rotation. And I think of, like, God, all the injuries he had in New York and the way, put it this way, this is how bad it ended in New York for him. After he was traded to Oakland, Bobby Valentine was reluctant to use Isringhausen in relief, saying it would be like using an Indy car as a taxi because they thought he was going to be the next great. All right, you know, something that we can talk to him about, too, is the pressures of New York and what's going on right now with the firestorm with the Mets. But there's a lot to get into with a guy who was a terrific Oakland athlete. Jason, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate you coming on. Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. And, and, and I'm not sure yet if you've gone into the Cardinal Hall of Fame, but congratulations. What a big honor with all the great names. Have you guys had the ceremony yet going in with Scott Rowland? Uh, no. It, I, it's uh, August 20-something. Yeah, it's uh, Myself and uh, Scott Rowland and Mort Cooper. Wow. When you think of the names, when you start talking about Stan Musial and Bob Gibson and all the the Gas House gang and all those great Cardinals, what's that going to mean to you to go into the Cardinal Hall of Fame? 
Well, I, I think it means more to me than most because, I mean, I grew up 35 minutes from the stadium. So, um, you know, I grew up watching Ozzy and Willie. And um, and then I got to, when I started playing for the Cardinals, I got to go hunting with Red Shandies and stuff like that. And uh, uh, just to be in that sentence or even in the conversation with Lou Brock and Whitey Herzog and Bob Gibson. And, and now we're getting to our, uh, our kind of... Um, our guys from the 2000s with Chris Carpenter and Jimmy Edmonds and uh, uh, some new guys were getting in there. And it's just gonna, it's just gonna be an amazing thing. My my friends and my family. It's it's uh, it's something that it, it's hard to put into words. Uh, I'm I'm already starting to get nervous when I think about trying to talk in front of everybody and and, and put on that red coat. Um, I know those guys that get those coats from Cooperstown. It's really really special and something that. Uh, for me, being a local kid, putting on that red coat as a Cardinals Hall of Fame, that's something that that's, that's just going to mean the world to me. And, and it, it, that's one of those things that nobody can ever take away from you. Yeah, we're happy for you. And, and have you started working on the speech yet? <laughs> I have not. You know, I, I uh, every time I think of something that I want to say, you know, I, I just kind of put it down in my phone. So I have like a certain file in my phone of things that I want to say that uh, – it's mainly, it's nothing more to me than it's thanking everybody that helped me get to where I, where I finally got to. Um, you now you thank the fans, you know, foremost, because they vote again. You thank your parents, you thank coaches, you thank players. I mean, because without good players behind you, you're never going to get a say. So you can't strike nobody out. I mean, there's just so many guys that, to thank. And it's more about thanking people than and praising yourself, but it, 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 it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a fun day. Uh, my family's looking forward to it. I have family down in um, Dallas, so I'll have a lot of people in town. It's going to be a it's going to be a big deal, a lot of fun. You know, I remember the night you got traded to the Oakland Athletics, and I had Billy Bean, who was then a really young general manager when he made that deal with the Mets, and you came over, and it's when you made your first all-star appearance what did it mean for you getting out of New York and getting a start with the Oakland A's, a new start with the Oakland A's, completely different vibe from New York, and you just blossomed? You know, I think it was it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because, you know, I was 22 years old and, uh, you know, supposedly to be the next uh, Tom Seaver in New York, and everything kind of flopped. Uh, for the three of us, the Generation K thing. And um, you go from a media hub to a fairly quiet area in Oakland, you know, the Bay Area. You, you may have two or three reporters in the clubhouse a night compared to 10 or 15. Uh, so I think it prepared me for what's going to be ahead in my career. So I, I got to Oakland, I got to breathe a little bit, and I got to become uh, the pitcher that I thought I could be. So, I mean, I owe so much to Billy Bean. I mean, Billy Bean saw something in me that uh, to put me at the back end of the bullpen. And so, I mean, like, that's, like I said, I mean, that's another guy I have to thank in my speech because without Billy Bean doing what he did and trading for me, I, I, I don't know where I'd be here right now. So, um, I know Billy Bean, yeah, you're right. He was a young GM right, right then, and he, he had faith in me and made me a young closer. I had Doug Jones was in our bullpen. And um, I sat down next to him every single day, and he explained everything to me, and we just kind of formed a relationship, and I just kind of just tried to take off from there.
Yeah, I, I think about that where you're supposed to be the next Tom Seaver and then you actually make the All-Star game as a closer. Nobody would have ever saw that. <laughs> no, I mean, and, you know, we, we talked with them and they said, well, you have the makeup of a closer, but, you know, that short-term memory, the, the hair on fire, the adrenaline thing, how much I loved it. But you had guys like Johnny Franco that I lived with, you had guys like Armando Benitez in front of you. I mean, these are guys that made uh, all-star teams, guys that were great. So, you know, I got my first save as a three-inning save as a long man out of the bullpen in New York. And, and next thing I know, Billy Bean makes a trade for me. And I'm like, oh, we want you to pitch at the back end of the bullpen. I said, well, just tell me what to do. And Doug Jones, like I said, tried to explain to me how to do things. And his main thing to me was like, you know, I'll let someone beat you the short part of the field late in the game. So my idea in my mind was to concentrate on being able to throw that fastball down in the way, and I got good at it, and that's all I did. I mean, nowadays you have guys that can hit the ball out of the park off the field, but back then there was maybe one or two guys that could do it. So, I mean, it's the baseballs have changed, the parks have changed, the, you know, the philosophy of pitching has changed. So, I mean, it's I did it at the right time, and I, uh, I have to owe a lot to Billy Bean and the Oakland A's for sure. And I think about your time with, with the Athletics where you got to go to the postseason. What was that like for you in those teams? Well, I mean, when you think about our, you think about Tim Hudson, Mike Mulder, and Barry Zito, Joe Haradio, the late uh, Corey Lionel. I mean, we had great starting pitching. I mean, these guys, these guys are going so many games every night. You know, so it, was, it made our job really, really easy on the bullpen. Um, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, you, you look at the Moneyball movie, there's not a whole lot said about our starters and, um, you know, those starters, the, the motor, the Zitos, the Hudsons were, were the, uh, I guess you call the backbone of those teams. It was, it was a pretty special time. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love my time with the A's. It was the best time I've ever had in my life. It was the most fun we had in our life with, you know. You have Jason Jambi leading the way, and you have Johnny Damon, Jermaine Dye, you have Terrence Long, Aaron Chavez, your, uh, Miguel Tejada. I mean, it's, it's, it just goes on and on. Bain Greaves, so much fun. We had a great time. Yeah, and then you go to St. Louis, and now you're once again pitching in the heat of it. And talk about your times with the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I mean, what a, what a phenomenal run you guys had there. Well, you know, when you get there, and first time I ever met Tony Larusa, and it was like, it was like, oh crap, you know, <laughs> this guy is all about winning, you know, and uh, he won a lot with Oakland with Oakland back in the nineties. Um, you know, they won some World Series, and he got, he, he went to St. Louis. Walt Jockety brought him there, and it was all about winning. I mean, the culture in St. Louis was nothing about winning. Uh, very business-like, you know, it wasn't fun. It wasn't the college days like it was in Oakland where we had a lot of fun and we won. It was more business-like, but we won. If we, if we if we got a lead on somebody, it was like we're going to stomp on their throat and we're going to beat them. I mean, it was just win every game, win every series, and we're going to see where we come out at the end of the day. And and Tony was that guy. Like, hey, Tony, what's up? Well, at 10.30, I'll let you know. You know, Tony is very intense, and it, and it trickled down to Dave Duncan. It, it trickled down to every coach, and it trickled down to the players. And that's just 
the way we went about our business. We had great talent, you know, and then you go out and trade for people like Larry Walker to make things even better. Uh, it was an amazing time in St. Louis. We won a lot of games. We got to the World Series a couple times. We got to the postseason a lot. Uh, but, you know, uh, without going to the postseason at Oakland, you know, how do you prepare for those things that I went through in St. Louis? So, I mean, it, it's an amazing time, amazing years. Um, look forward to in August when I get the red coat for the Cardinals. But, you know, you, you look back and everything's a stepping stone. I mean, I work for the Cardinals now, and I try to explain to these kids the process is more important than the product. And to me, the product is getting the red coat. The process is everything that I went through until I got there. And the Oakland A's, that time I was there, was a huge stepping stone for me. Yeah, and you know what it's like to be a young player and a young phenom to get hurt. Just how tough was that for the Cardinals organization to hear about the the UCL tear in the right elbow of Jordan Hicks? You know, it was funny because we had a we had a uh, Cardinals care is a big uh, charity thing that we do with the Cardinals. We had our big uh, golf tournament yesterday, and I'm on, I don't know I'm on the ninth or tenth hole, and I get a phone call. This is Jordan. Like, oh, this is not going to be a good phone call, I don't think. And uh, Jordan said, yeah, I have to have uh, Tommy John surgery. And I was like, you know, I feel for the kid. You know, I, we've explained to him or I've explained to him, like I said, I, I try to tell these kids, I'm like, think about it. I said, how many people are in the world to him? I was like, there's seven billion. And you feel harder than every single one of them. I said, God gave you a gift. You have to start taking care of it. And then he started figuring out. And now, you know, you, uh, you have surgery, which is bound to happen because the man throws so hard, the human body's not able to sustain that kind of pressure on the elbow. But, you know, he's going to have the best care, best uh, rehab that, he, that money can buy. And, um, you know, he's going to come back healthier than ever. We just got to uh, keep his head on straight, you know. Uh, it's a big blow to the Cardinals. But nobody's going to feel sorry for them. You know, the Brewers aren't, the Cubs aren't. It's kind of next man up. We got Andrew Miller. We got John Gant. We got Carlos Martinez. We got a couple other young guys that are going to have to step up and and do their job. You know, um, injuries happen in baseball. We all know that. We've all been there, done that. And uh, it's just another another stepping stone for the Cardinals to get through. And we'll get through it. Um, you know, but I do feel sorry for Jordan because he was on the right track mentally more than physically. But um, you know. Some things you cannot prevent. Jason, thank you so much for the time, and congratulations on going into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Enjoy it with your family and friends, and we'll talk to you later on down the line. Thank you guys so much for um, involving me. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun series this weekend. The A's are coming in hot. Uh, I love watching Chapman at third base, and, um, you know, uh, it should be a good series. Everybody's playing great baseball, and we'll see what happens. Good luck. Take care. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Jason Isringhausen. Wasn't with the A's a long time, but he was definitely a good A. Coming up next, yes. How do you go forward without your closer? The A's closer is on the IL, but not out for the year. That's what the Cardinals have to deal with. We'll discuss next right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. 
Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Derek Old, who covers the St. Louis Cardinals for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, is going to join us coming up here in just a little bit. Stephen Piscotti has talked to the local media there. As you know, he was a fan favorite. Horrible news about Jordan Hicks. Got to check in Alex Reyes. I mean, they've got quite a few guys that have gone down. Carlos Martinez is now expected to be the primary closer. Jack Flaherty, who's going tonight for for the Birds, has really struggled with giving up the long ball. His his second year hasn't been as great. Cardinals have won nine of their last 14 games, while the Athletics, coming off their homestand, they've won five of seven this past week. Both these teams looking at themselves saying, got to get it going. For the A's at 40 and 37, and for the Cardinals, where they are in their season, 
They're 40 and 37. The A's are 41 and 38. Do we have Derek? Derek, thank you so much for taking the time here on A's Cast Live. No problem. Happy to be here. So I got to think just a major blow when you think about Jordan Hicks, who has the best fastball in all of baseball, and to think where this 22-year-old was and then to get the news about the elbow and Tommy John surgery, what's the reaction been like around for the Cardinals? I mean, they're disappointed. I mean, tremendously disappointed. This is the, the guy who they wanted at the back end of their bullpen, who they've done a, different, a lot of different things to kind of set up and groom and prepare to be their closer for this year and for many years to come. And now they're looking at missing him for half of this year and maybe half of next year. And, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of disappointment. Um, and then they are trying to reset and move on. Um, you know, the imagined three-headed beast of having Gant, John Gant, Carlos Martinez, and then Jordan Hicks at the back end of a game with Andrew Miller from the left side. That's not going to happen, and uh, the games are going to go on, so they got to find a new way to go about it. Yeah, we see it so much in the game. It's sad. These kids that throw so hard, you just, you know, can, can the elbow, can the shoulder take it? I mean, he had 21 of the fastest pitches in MLB this season. You just wonder if it I, – I couldn't believe we were actually hearing this today, but they talk about, okay, you have the surgery, and sometimes you come back a little bit stronger and your velocity can be up a tick. It's hard to believe that Hicks could even go up a tick in velocity. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to get too far down that road because you just don't know. And also, you just can't yet assume that he's going to come back healthy. I mean, it, you know, guys try to avoid surgery because it's not a given. Um, too often we kind of just they say, oh, the guy had Tommy John and act as if it's like, oh, he's having a Band-Aid put on. It's a surgery. It's a significant surgery. Tomorrow morning he's going to have his right elbow rebuilt. Um, and it's going to take time for him to come back. You know, his, his velocity came from athleticism, um, not necessarily like, you know, just the whole – cannon on the side you know the side of his shoulder that he geared up and would muscle the way you know the ball to the plate I mean he had tremendous leverage from his entire body strength from the lower body and then uh, you know a whip on his arm that is just pure athleticism that uh, that you know could he throw harder sure I mean he wondered if he could throw harder um, this year I mean he got to 105 last year I'm not quite sure with sync so I'm not quite sure how much harder either the human body or, you know, just the baseball in general can be thrown at. Um, if, if there is, I mean, he was pretty much maxed out already, but it wasn't like a, like a painful max out. It was just an athletic max out, like a great golf swing. Isn't it just unbelievable the velocities that we're seeing in baseball, but the fact that back in the day when you saw velocity, it was dead straight. Now you're seeing the velocity, as you just said, and we see it with Blake Trinan at either 98 mm-hmm. to 100. The fact that you can sink a ball going 105, my God. Yeah, and that you can have some command of it. That's the most incredible part. I mean, it, that to me is just remarkable. I mean, I. I remember seeing guys throwing 99, 100, 101 with some movement, but you didn't know if it was going to hit the backstop or hit the batter or hit the mitt or, you know, hit, you know, the building, you know, 200 feet away. I mean, it's just there was so much wildness to it. And now you have these guys who just have such tremendous um, command of the high velocity. 
And I think about Carlos Martinez. Go all the way back to August 21st of last season. He's been pretty rock solid out of the bullpen for the Birds. Does that give them a lot of confidence going forward? Yeah, they feel like they're turning to a guy who at least has experience in the role. A little too many walks this season or ill-timed walks, but that's been true for the whole team. So, um, yeah, I mean, they feel like they're turning to a guy who – knows what the role's like, has had success in the role, enjoys the role, and in a way this allows them to also salvage the investment in him. I mean, he's being paid to be a starter. Um, now they're paying him to be a closer, so at least there's a comparable kind of value play there. And talk about the struggles, because there's some key guys in this order that have been struggling offensively. Yeah, Matt Carpenter and Paul Goldschmidt, two of the leading hitters from the National League last year, chief among them. You're talking about two guys who finished, uh, you know, what, top 10 in the MVP. Um, Matt Carpenter, who at one point in time last year, uh, pretty late in the season, led the National League in OPS. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, who is uh, going to have his run of six consecutive All-Star games end, it appears. And he was the only player in the National League who could say he was at the last six, uh, you know, All-Star games. So two guys who have not performed up to expectations, two guys who are really searching offensively two guys the Cardinals really need to be you know like the back of their baseball card to be candid to, to contend and with all the, and with all that said right now they're just two and a half back of the Chicago Cubs the Brewers are a game back of the Cubs they're still right in this thing they are the uh, the National League Central is beating up on each other and that helps uh, all teams stay alive in it I mean you look at the run differential, I mean, the Reds are second in run differential, you know, up behind the Cubs. So the Reds are also having a good season to have a claim to being a contender in this division. So you have four teams, maybe five. The You know, the Pirates are in the mix. Um, they have problems. But you definitely have four teams who can make noise, and they've just spent so much of the time beating up on each other. I mean, the Cardinals are 0-6 at Wrigley Field. They win two of those games, and we're talking about a different standing. The Cubs are at Bush Stadium. You know, they win two of those games, and we're talking about different standings. It's just, it's a really tight division with uh, some solid teams, no no great team. A few of the teams have the potential to be great, but they're all solid, and they're all going to make quite a headache for each other. So, Albert Pujols and the Angels were just there, and from what Mm -hmm. we saw from afar, I've never seen a former player honored by his team the way Albert was honored by the St. Louis Cardinals. Had you ever seen anything like that? And just tell us what it was like to be there for those games. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that, in part because we've never seen a player like Albert Pujols. We've never seen a player have 11 years like he did with the Cardinals, win a world championship in his final day in the uniform, and then leave, and then not return for seven and a half years. I just don't think we've ever seen – we didn't know what to expect, um, we could we could all guess, but in really, in truthfully, we didn't know what to expect because we'd never seen anything like that before. Players like him usually stay, or players like him usually return a few years later, or players like him, you know, move around um, there towards the end um, as they, you know, as that contract plays out. I mean, look at look at how A Rod moved around. Um, look at how you know Robinson Cano moved around. Um, you know, we have uh, examples of other players who just stayed. Trout is just going to stay. Derek Jeter just stayed. Um, so you kind of see how unprecedented that whole thing was. And it was remarkable. It was 
I mean, it was it was very impressive what happened this past weekend. Very emotional, um, very moving. Um, it was a tremendous a tremendous weekend here in St. Louis. Really um, stacked together with uh, you know the Stanley Cup coming here two weeks ago and the parade that was involved. That I mean, you just had two rem- tremendous weekends of civic pride um, and you know really just welcoming back Albert and celebrating him for the what he brought here which you know was three MVPs and was all the hits and all the homers and uh, you know what 111 homers now here at this ballpark and um, you know he gave this ballpark a, you know a stay of condemnation at one point in time by hitting the home run against Brad Lidge brought the season back here just for one more game it allowed everybody to say goodbye to that old ballpark with the crown of arches. He just did so much. Um, but in the end, he also won two World Series champions. And as Bob Gibson and a lot of the longtime Cardinals and Cardinal Hall of Famers like to remind um, the current group that, you know, you get to be a Cardinal, and that's cool, and it'll say Cardinal on your back, on, the, on your baseball card. It'll say Cardinal on your baseball reference page, and you'll have a Cardinal jersey to hang in your den somewhere. If you want to be a part of the Cardinals, you got to win a championship. And Pujols got two, and because of that, he'll always have a home here. And, you know, just watching it, because obviously we get to deal with him a lot now that he's with the Angels, and I thought about, you know, why he left, because the money, yes, the – there was more years and more money, but if you go through state taxes and how much state taxes cost here in California, the money wasn't all that big of a difference. Now, obviously, Albert, the minute he retires, he's got a 10-year, $10 million contract uh, that will continue with the Angels as he'll work for the Angels. I don't Have you ever really been able to talk to him? Why did he leave a town that he was basically the next Stan Musial? Yeah, I mean, I've talked to him a bunch, and I've talked to both sides a bunch just about it. I mean, in, in some ways, it just was um, an absence of communication. Um, you mentioned the personal services contract. That's a big thing, and that was a big thing to Albert, um, that the Angels came at him and really wooed him by saying, we want you here forever. And the Cardinals were like, wait a minute, didn't that go without being stated? When, when we say we want to make you a lifelong Cardinal, that's what we mean. Um, you know, the Angels put it a little bit in writing. Um, Artie Moreno had an excellent conversation from what Pujol says with him. Um, you know, there was a strong recruitment there. There was, you know, a, a, an idea of what being in that larger market, being on the doorstep of Los Angeles could mean for him and some of the things that he wanted to pursue, some of the things his wife wanted to pursue. Um, being in the American League, there's a longevity there that being at DH allows. Um, so there were there were a lot of different things in there, but I, I mean, in, in the end, you know, the Cardinals went at it with an approach of, okay, what do you want to be? Do you want to have the long contract and make you know a lot of money guaranteed and have this be forever? Do you want to be the have the highest AAV ever? Do you want to set a record? And they kind of presented him with this menu of options that ranged from the five-year deal that everybody gets all the attention to to a longer-term deal, which would have, you know, maybe carried him to this point um, in his career. Um, so they, they wanted to know what he wanted from them, and in the end it just seemed like he just wanted all of it. And the Angels were there to offer it to him, and the Cardinals maybe missed out on their messaging a little bit by saying, look, well, you know, a lifetime Cardinal means a lifetime Cardinal. So 
you wanted a personal services contract, of course you can get one. If you wanted a contract this long, then say that and let's work from there. Um, it just was a disconnect of some sort somewhere in there. Uh, and, and the angels really capitalized. And to their credit, they had a great sales pitch and a lot of money to offer him. It was a boatload of money, no question. Let's end on this. When he retires, do you think he'll get a statue in St. Louis? Yes. Wow. Very interesting. You leave and still get the statue. Hey, we really appreciate the time and enjoy this uh, series between the Athletics and the Cardinals. I'm looking forward to it, the first of two, and it'll be good to see what the A's have to offer. I'm eager to see the team you guys have. We're a lot like you, inconsistent. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, then I've seen that team all season. (laughs) It'll just be with new jerseys on. Got it. Thanks. Thanks, Derek. Yep, have a great day. Derek Gold, who covers the Cardinals for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. What he just said right there, I really think would only happen in the Midwest. And I'm going to tell you why next, right here on A's Cast Live. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? The Cornerstone gives your group a unique happy hour experience. The area treats up to 40 to 50 guests with a package that includes food and beverage along with an intimate pregame experience. Plus, the experience comes with an awesome seating option that we can build to fit your needs. To learn more about the Cornerstone and other unique group experiences, visit athletics.com groups. Athletics.com groups. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shive Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. Hey kids, have you ever wanted to run the bases like your favorite A's player? Well, here's your chance. Children ages 14 and under can come onto the field following most Sunday home games and race around the bases with A's mascot Stopper there to cheer them on. Make sure to pack your running shoes so you can show off your speed. Race Around the Bases is brought to you by the Oakland A's Community Fund. Back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Commander Cody, 
you have yet to mention about how favorable your working conditions are now. After the complaints, after the issues, after threatening to walk, you just, like, like nothing's happened. Uh, the air conditioning unit you have installed here that you spent a lot of money on, boatload of money, as some would say, uh, has made these working conditions very favorable for someone like myself who does not have to walk, don't have to strike, don't have to reach out to the higher-ups like Pearl and Joey. So uh, you, have done the, you have done right by me and by everyone who wants these kind of working conditions. So kudos to you, sir. Yes, I went and got you a full-on-fledged air conditioner. And it's working great. I mean, even you're, you are very happy with it. Yes, I better be happy for what it cost. Yeah, it's air conditioners are not cheap, by the way. No, uh, I remember when I had to buy a window unit when I first moved here, and I was like, well, "Wait, what? My my apartment doesn't have central air conditioning." I, I never understood that. So we have a lot that we were not able to get into today. It's like I, I think we need to start an hour earlier because there, there's a whole this whole New York Mets thing is it, it's really going to bring to light. Maybe some things that the the underbelly of what's going on in Major League Baseball that I think there's a lot of people that don't want you to know about it. I agree. This whole Mets thing is so fascinating from what happened with Mickey Callaway on Sunday to the fake apology that he gave before the game yesterday that we watched and then what happened last night with the texting and the the DeGrom situation. No, 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 no. He he, He didn't apologize yesterday. We'll have to play it tomorrow. He didn't apologize yesterday. He made a statement, came out, and boys will be boys. And then right before the game, then he had to come out before the game and then had to actually say, I'm sorry. So obviously what he did earlier in the day was not suffice for the Mets. I have never seen a manager have to come out before the game after he's already talked before the game and then apologize. I feel like the situation is getting worse. Remember how bad it was for Terry Collins when they ran him out? I feel like this is worse. And Terry Collins went to a World Series. And now I feel like they're running, they're trying to run Mickey Callaway. Like this whole, the Mets, is, you mentioned it. We don't like, we use this word too much, but they are a dumpster fire. Okay, well, he had the opportunity earlier in the day to say, I'm sorry. And he doesn't. No, and then he waits till like what? It was like, it was like I forgot how long till before pregame. He brings everyone back in. Yeah, he had to bring, they had to go back and get the media because obviously they're like, um, yeah, we sent you out there originally, and we want you to basically say things are fine. Uh, I apologize. We're talking about, you know, because Brody Van Wagenen, I think, knocked it out of the park where he said, hey, listen, this has to be a favorable working condition for the players, the manager, the coaches, the media. You know, this, I, I thought he did a good job. But he goes out there and just went, ah, I've talked to Tim. Everything's okay. Things get heated. Do you have the second yeah. one? Yeah, we can play it real quick. Okay. Th- this is where. This is before – he's already talked to the media. Now, this is right before the game. They call the media back down. You know, I understand that uh, – I got some feedback that, uh, you know, it, that I wanted you guys to know that in my, my meeting with, with Tim, I apologize for my reaction. It sh- it shouldn't, I regret it. I regret the, uh, you know, the distraction it's caused to the team. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's something that uh, we'll learn from. Um, so, you know, it, it's something I'm not proud of. I'm not proud of the distraction. I'm not proud of what I, what I did to Tim. Um, you know, so, you know, for that, I'm definitely sorry. The feedback that I got, and now it's double sorries. 
He could have handled this all two days ago. He could have handled it yesterday before the game. But he kept getting in front of the media and didn't want to say sorry after he treated somebody. Now, and now with the, the story that's coming out in the New York Post, now he's even looking worse. And we'll have to get into it tomorrow. Completely agree. And you mentioned you compared the Mets situation to ours. Where you said favorable working conditions. Brody Van Wagen, he's no dummy. He's been around long enough, and you're not either. So favorable working conditions will make everyone happy. A's all night with Alex. Is it A's all night? Because we didn't even have a game. It's A's all night with Alex Jensen next. We'll be back at 425 getting you ready for A's baseball and A's cast. 860 AM the answer and sports 1140 KHDK. Thank you for listening to A's cast live with Chris Townsend. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 